Hello and welcome to InfoHors. We are your hosts. I'm Nat. I'm Sen. And today we are going to tackle backing the blue. Should we back them? What's changed over the years? What's changed post the George Floyd Derek Chauvin trial? So uh, this one's gonna it's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, cops! <laughs> Yay, police brutality! <laughs> so I think we should just jump right in, um, talking about Derek Chauvin, because I feel like the verdict of this case and what's kind of gone down is really going to set the stage for policing as a whole in North America. Like, like considering like our perceptions of police and whether or not police can actually do their job anymore. Yeah. Um, so just for those of you who don't know, uh, on April 20th, 2021, uh, Chauvin was found guilty on all three charges, which were second degree murder, third degree murder, second degree manslaughter. Uh, there were actually quite a few hurdles for each charge. The autopsy indicated George suffered no life-threatening injuries. Uh, the toxicology indicated very high levels of fentanyl mixed with morphine and meth. The body cam shows Floyd saying he can't breathe well before he was restrained by Chauvin and was seen fighting officers for several minutes and was actually arrested without force before kicking out of the car and thrashing on the ground. Um, also important to note that Chauvin was trained to use the knee restraint in such circumstances, and it is actually classified as a non-deadly force, um, which had never caused a fatality before. So, the trial. What do we know about the trial? I don't know, but I just want to say, like, it's kind of really, this case kind of made us realize that from the time we first saw the video of Chauvin with his knee on George Floyd yeah. to the the verdict, so many things we thought were changed. Oh, totally. Were the narrative completely, changed. Completely like, yeah. flipped on its head. So I think we what we should take away from the media is that we can't actually form our jump to conclusions. No, the mob rules. Yeah. And whatever narrative they're perpetuating is we must accept that as truth and i think daily wire even talked about how they didn't even get the the real body cam footage for months yeah for sure like so they sat on this yeah the media sat on this on purpose because they didn't want us to know oh actually there's a lot more lead up to this incident and Yeah. yeah and i think that that really that just really further kind of justifies the fact that we should just never trust the media never never we should know this before but now it's yeah no i know we should have known this long ago but so going back to the the trial though like was chauvin charged fairly then because um i was listening to uh, a podcast uh, on the daily wire where there was kind of a round table with andrew clavin candace owens michael knowles and ben shapiro (laughs) And um, they said that the trial was actually only three weeks, which is actually really disproportionate given the weight of the charges. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, I didn't know this, in Minnesota, you need unanimous vote in the jury for yeah. a verdict to be declared. Right. Um, I don't know. In my opinion, it's really... It, it, they might, Like, the jury just must not have actually looked at any of the evidence to have, in three weeks, to have come to a conclusion no. like that. The fact that they weren't required to they weren't sequestered yeah so they could have gone and watched the news all night even though they they might have been asked not to or advised not to they were totally able to and 
Did you hear, did you read anything about the alternate juror? No. She was interviewed and was she, she the one who said, looked like Harley Quinn? <laughs> she, no, no. There was one that legit know. looked like Harley Quinn. No, she looked like um, Michael Jackson's baby mama. Okay. But. Um, nice. Um, whatever. So what was her role in all this? But she was saying um, that she actually, I don't want to misquote her, so I'm sort of paraphrasing. Paraphrase, yeah. Um, she said, yeah, she would have been afraid for her life. If she, even though she actually did think he was guilty, um, she would have feared her life regardless. Like if, if, well, that, I think that makes sense. I mean, the media, I mean, even the president of the United States yes. was saying, I'm praying for the right verdict. Like, uh, hello, you can't say that. Like, can't we let like the law do what the law does? Like, yeah. where's the, I don't know the right legal term. Is it due process? I don't know. Yeah, like due process. Yeah. And these jurors would, there's no way. And I was going to, I was going to play a game with you. Like, <laughs> a would you rather game? Okay. Before the show, like, would you rather nobody, they had, like they were saying at the daily wire, they had the, those jurors had the hardest job. Oh, the weight do. of the country, the yeah. peace in the country was on their shoulders. Like, Absolutely. What, would, like, would you rather eat frog legs for the rest of your life or sit on that jury? Sure. Oh yeah. No, yeah. and I mean, there should have been more, like they sh- the there should have been more consideration for this. They should have never held the case in Minneapolis. No. There was there's no way in hell you were going to find one unbiased juror in Minneapolis mm-hmm. because this is one of the largest, most, I mean, publicized cases since I think it was Rodney King. Yeah, you know, it, it's just there's just yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. And you, you said before they weren't sequestered. Not only that, but they would have heard about this story yeah. months and months ago, would have seen yeah. the footage. They would have already established an opinion about the case. So it just, it really, all, everything was against Chauvin in this. Yeah. Everything. And I'm, I'm not justifying his actions. I mean, we know he wasn't necessarily a stand-up police officer. Um, yeah. No, he had 16 formal complaints before absolutely this incident. yeah so, so that's a that's a different issue it's a, that's an issue of um police um unions unions which yeah. is you know yeah well all unions suck yeah but um yeah i mean he wasn't the greatest but i don't think he deserves all of those charges i think yeah i just don't think the the guilty verdict necessarily makes sense no well we i didn't watch the trial but from what they um dissected from the daily wire those all those dudes they there was a lot of reasonable doubt yeah yeah absolutely and i think what another thing that's really important to note is that blm and all these like activists are saying oh this is this is justice this is accountability and it's like but this wasn't a racially motivated death no there's no not one iota of evidence to show that this was a ra- racially motivated. Yeah, he didn't say anything racist. Yeah, they I mean, worked together. Really? Oh yes, yes. That I remember nightclub. that. Yes, they worked together in previous years. They've uh, known each other for a year, for many years. Right, and but, and uh, yeah, and also too, like really important that BLM is kind of using this to make a saint out of a criminal. Yeah, who was high on like three times the level of fentanyl yeah like the healthy i'm not that there's a healthy level but you know what i mean like 
He was high as a kite. He wasn't microdosing fentanyl or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think it's crazy what Nancy Pelosi said about it. What did she say? I heard what Maxine Waters said. Yeah. No, after the verdict, she said uh, something about being thankful for his sacrifice. Oh, yes. I did hear about that. She was wearing a mask, too. So it was like, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and yeah, people are outraged at the fact that, that she said that. That's a horrible thing to say. Like, yeah. Well, she's a horrible person. So she must have been drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? So um, what does Chauvin's verdict mean for the police in general then? Because I think that there will be a bit of a trickle-down effect. Yeah, well, as soon as I heard the verdict, uh, I was, I just imagined a bunch of cops quitting. on. Yeah. Because they, their jobs aren't safe to begin with. Well, but and, now they have zero safety. Oh, well, and zero incentive. Yeah. When you know the media is, like, has this polarizing narrative about cops. Like, cops are bad no matter what. Yeah. Um you're not going to be able to do your job. And I think one of the risks associated with this is a cop's going to be like getting a radio call. They're going to say a suspect is black suspect is They're just not going to go. They're not going to go. Why would they go? Why would, why would they go? They, they don't, first of all, they don't want to risk their, they have families at home. They don't want to yeah. risk their ruining their lives, facing potential arrest and murder charges because yeah. they go and maybe have to use force, yeah. you know, deadly force. Yeah. Which, you know, it just blows my mind that some of these cops were serving their own communities, right? Black yeah. or white, whoever. Yeah. And this is the thanks that you get. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, you sign up to be a cop in Chicago to serve and protect yeah. citizens of that, yeah. that city. And like, it doesn't matter what your, your history as a cop was, if you were one of the best cops yeah. in the precinct and you just helped so much of your community. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't matter. No. One incident could make you a Derek Chauvin or whatever. Right. No, and there's, yeah, there's no grace offered yeah. to police officers at all, which yeah. is funny because in any other profession in the world, you can make a mistake and still have your job. Think of yeah. medical accidents. Yeah. You know, they're covered by, like, they're just covered by the law. Unions? They, <laughs> yeah, and unions. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, you're a cop. You shoot a black person. Even if that black person is guilty, yeah. you, you're automatically... Your life is uh, over at this point. And another really important thing that I think BLM really conveniently forgets is that a lot of the times, these black people who are being um, arrested or mm -hmm. sought after by the police have committed crimes against other black people already. Yeah. Usually, it's actually black women. I mean... Um, Micaiah Bryant, are we talking about her? Yeah, we should, we should definitely talk about her. Um, do you want to kind of give people some context about what happened recently with this uh, police Micaiah, shooting? I don't know. Okay, well, I'm sure most people have heard about it by now, but Mike, Micaiah Bryant from Columbus, Ohio. Um, it was the foster mother's birthday, and Micaiah Bryant didn't want to clean up. She was her. She was tasked with cleaning up and preparing for the party, and she okay. didn't. There was some back and forth about that. That's really what spurred the whole fight, and I'm sure there's a lot more um, that we don't know yet. That we don't know. Yeah, but, of course. So, so sh do you know what kind of brought her on to go and stab or try to stab this other woman? 
something about being locked out. Somebody was locked out of the, the, the home. Okay. And that just got everybody, I don't know. It just, it was just a brawl. And that cop saved another black person's life. Yeah. Saved her life. She didn't, as far as we know that uh, she did nothing wrong. Right. I mean, yeah, there's still more details to come from this, of course. For sure. Yeah. I, and I don't want to jump the gun. Yeah, I don't want to jump to conclusions. But all things are pointing towards... Um, yeah, he shouldn't be in trouble for this at all. He just did his job, Yeah, is what we're kind He's, of... He saved a young girl's, a black girl's life. And this is the thanks that he gets. Yeah. And LeBron James, what does he do? What was... Oh, gosh. Yeah, LeBron said something about like... You're next. You're next. Yeah. With the picture of that cop who saved the girl's life. Yeah. Um, it's so horrible. It's so these celebrities. Oh, I know they should just shut up for sure. <laughs> they should just shut up. We've talked about that in earlier episodes as but well. But also uh, like, again, the media, the news they're 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 not reporting that there was a big chance. She was literally about to stab butcher. She was going to yeah. butcher her like that. There's no kinder way to say it. Yeah. It was a belligerent, belligerent attack. But like going back to that, though, like, I mean, George Floyd, for example, too, like he he had like held a woman, a pregnant woman at gunpoint. And what was the other guy who like was he had raped a woman, Jacob Blake, uh, Dante Wright, who also physically assaulted and robbed a black woman. I mean, I'm just asking the question, do those black women matter? No. No, right. it's, it's, it's all about following the narrative. It's all about the narrative. Love me, love me a good, solid narrative. So police versus media, it's a lot of misconceptions. I think people really, as we've talked about a lot on this show, people believe the media. Yeah. And facts literally don't matter. I mean, yeah. But it's, it's crazy because, okay, just I heard, I think it's probably Pittsburgh where... What we were talking about, uh, worried about police quitting the, yeah. the force. I think in Pittsburgh, after the verdict, oh, so many of them quit or signed up for early early retirement that, yeah. you know, their city is very unsafe because when they do hire new cops, they're not going to be as trained or experienced. And Well, they're going to probably rush through the training process now because yeah, so they need to get them out there. And they don't, and some people get it in the community. Some people are, some people are very outspoken about how defunding the police is actually illogical. It's counterproductive. It's dangerous for your communities and just, but it's the idiots that don't, don't realize this. They they don't have the foresight. They don't have, they can't think that it's not even the idiots though. It's the elites who are pushing this, the elites with their security, their, their private security. I mean, AOC spends 3000 bucks plus a month on private security, but yeah, you, she can tell us to defund the police in her gated home. They, they all, even Maxine Waters, like, yeah, they're, they're wealthy. They, they, they have the ability to afford private protection. Yeah. Like, you know, they're all against the second amendment, but it's like, you don't hold your own gun. Your security does even, Yes, even as they are driving to the protest to talk about defunding the police, they they have their hired protection with them. Yeah, absolutely. And people don't understand no, that and these elites, um, they're not on your side. No, they aren't. They're, they, this, this goes back to like other things we've talked about, the whole divide and conquer, and we won't get into that 
too much right now, but listen to our other episodes if you haven't already. Um, but going back to your earlier point, I mean, Ben Shapiro says there's a 30% increase in homicides in America's major cities and they're all blue cities run by Democrats. Yeah. All that, of them. That's crazy. I think it's something like over 900 shootings. Sorry, I'm vaping. There's something like 900 shootings in Chicago this year. Um, I got to check the fact check that, but um, it's something like that. It's a big and, number. And Chicago is one of the um, what gun law, strictest, strictest gun, gun, laws. Law, gun yep. laws in the country. Yep. Nine, over 900. I guess those people are getting those guns illegally. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I, I do want to mention in Canada, and people, you should check out an upcoming documentary by True North Media's Andrew Lawton, who's doing a whole sh- um, documentary on uh, the gun laws in Canada and Trudeau, True Daddy, as you call him. PM True Daddy. It's No, it's it's... It's happening. They're going to take away the guns. And in Canada, right? almost all the crime, the gun crime is illegal. Is with, yeah. Illegal gun owners. Absolutely. I mean, we could do a bajillion episodes on guns. Yeah. And I, I don't even know. This is very new to me. I always like guns were never in my sphere that, that I knew of. Yeah. Me either. I don't know anybody. Well, actually, I know one person that owns a gun, but... <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> shout out um yeah. no but um yeah so i'd be very interested to see how that plays out yeah i mean and that kind of does piggyback onto the whole defund the police narrative and one thing i think a lot of people don't know is that hitler the first thing he did when he came into power was defund the police yeah because that way he was able to, well, not defund. I think it was more like eliminate the police. And then yeah. he had his own. He yeah. in, like, so then they were able to have this huge police state. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's never going to work out for us middle-class folk. Yeah. Ever. It's never going to be to our benefit. Yeah. But what, are, well, sorry to ask you pers- a personal question. What do you, how, what do you feel about the police? Do you have, have you had any experiences with them besides, you know, them escorting the protests, whatever? Um, I mean, no, I don't, I've never had any like disgusting instances with the police. And I, apparently there are over like, I think it's like 85 million police interactions in the U S every year. Like, so people in their daily lives have interactions with the police and most of them actually are positive. Of course. I mean, I don't know any stats in Canada, but only a thousand people in America last year were shot by the police. I mean, I know it's like, I can't say only a thousand because those are lives, you know, lost, but it's like, well, you don't know the circumstances or the context. So this whole like F the police narrative is just so it's coming out of thin air. And I mean, yeah, like I was saying before, like my personal experiences have always been pretty fine, like positive experiences. I mean, obviously we've seen some stuff on the news yes, about, you know, some missteps in the Canadian police with protests and stuff. And we'll kind of tackle that a little more later. But what about you? What is your perception of them? You've lived in Toronto a long time. Oh, I have huge, huge, huge trusted police. Like anytime I've had an interaction with them, because I'm a gangster. No, (laughs) because of um, my line of work, there was a lot of police interactions. And um, they all, all the homeless people, they will, they are the first to say like, yes, the, the cops are on our side. They've been nothing but. To serve and protect. To serve and protect. Exactly. And. Yeah. Um, 
And even the incidences we have with police that we're seeing in the news, the news about them being heavy handed mostly on rebel, frankly, it is. Yeah. Yeah. They have like a big thing against the police, I guess. I don't know. Well, they will always show uh, you the aggressive side of police. They, they're showing, um, I think it's, they're following orders, which is, I don't know. It's there's, they're in a difficult position because the they police, are, yeah. the police are given orders to, uh, in, enforce these draconian mandates and stuff like that and be do illegal things. I, I don't know. It's kind of a slippery slope though, because yes, I agree. These people, these men and women in blue have families to go home to. Yeah. They have, you know, a mortgage to pay all this stuff. I respect that, but it's yeah. like, at what point is it too far? Right. Yes. Because yes. I'm all for backing the blue, but when the blue makes it hard to back, it's like, well, of course people don't like you guys. You're you're kind of going the extra mile to be a dick and infringe on our rights and freedoms, yeah, our but, constitutional rights, you know? That's the thing. And it's the politicians, it's the elites that are forcing people to do their dirty work, doing yeah. getting the cops to do to and to be go to break up children's birthday parties and harass um, kids on swings and stuff like that. Yeah. And also it's the government telling um, the nurses and doctors to administer these vaccines, something they, they don't necessarily all want to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like there's just a big push right now, forcing people to do stuff they don't want yes, to do. These, these co- politicians are very good at what they, they're puppeteers. They're doing a good job at what they set out to to do yeah they're getting people to do their Their dirty dirty work work. yeah and i guess it's the way it's always been but let's talk about maybe some of the positive things that police have done this year um do you have any good examples i think most of them have been super great especially during uh the protests yeah even now i think at the last protest in toronto downtown toronto a lot of the cops the toronto police took their masks off. Really? Yeah. That's so cool to yeah. see. And I think there have been less uh, ticketing of protesters. Right. They don't want to do it. No. And I mean, one thing people need to realize is the police are also escorting these protests. Yes. They're there to make sure no one is gets hurt. Yes. No one hurts the people protesting, yeah. vice versa, you know, yeah. people on the street, whatever. Like they are doing it to protect you. I mean, yeah, yeah you're right. They don't want to be jerks. Yeah. Most of them. I mean, yeah. You know, there's always a bad egg. There's there's Unions. bad apples in any any in any industry. union. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, in it's true. <laughs> but I mean, police uh, Doug Ford tried to turn Ontario into this police state dystopia and they all refused. All of the what are they called? Districts. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, sorry. um recently he tried to um Shut down the playground so no kids were allowed to play in the playgrounds. And also, what was the he other? It was checkpoints. He was going to, if you were out and about in, in the evening or oh, yeah. whatever. So a cop would be allowed to stop and accost you and ask you where you're going. And yeah. you had to prove where you're going. And um, and because of the, the outrage and, oh, sorry. Um, because of all, at first it was like 39 or whatever police departments in Ontario said they would would not comply with these yeah. they wouldn't enforce it yeah. and then eventually all all of them yeah which is such agreed. a it really just offers an opportunity for us to put more trust in the police then because they actually are on our side but i i think uh 
I think there's, I think a good idea would be to talk about police reform. There's any industry can do, can do better, can do better. But I mean, defunding the police would not be no, the right def- approach. No, to defunding the police is, is reform. the stupidest idea ever. Like they'd probably actually need more funding to do the reform necessary to eradicate some totally. of these problems. I, I'd be on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Give the politicians a pay cut and yeah. put that towards some police, some kind of police reform, whatever. What kind of a utopia are you talking yeah. about? Sam? But I wanted, but <laughs> I want to talk about, okay, so there's some great examples of awesome cops like, um, in Peel region. I don't know his name, the cop. Oh yeah. Sergeant Paul Brown of the Peel region. Yeah. He actually was at Huff Jim that in decided to in Mississauga that decided to defy the lockdowns and keep his gym open or reopen his gym. Yep. And all the protesters, a big, huge chunk of these protesters went and every single day, even in support slept, of him, even camped out overnight. Wow. Just so the cops wouldn't, you know, try lo- to barricade it or close yeah. it down. Yeah. And the police sergeant showed up and he, Took off his mask. Took off his mask and hugged protesters and stood in solidarity with them. And he was subsequently put... Suspended. Yeah, suspended. And uh, on social media, there was just been so much love and support for for this cop because of what he did. It's an act of bravery. Absolutely. It's it's hard to, you know, swim upstream, so to speak. Yeah. But a big part of what cops used to do, I mean, I know me growing up, a big part of what cops were told to do was, you know, be a part of the community and um, foot patrol right. and stuff like that. Because you don't want to, you don't want that divide or disconnect from everyday people. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I commend this officer and I, I hope that the support for him and the, out, the outcry for what they've done to him leads to. Yeah. Some maybe changes and, uh, you can actually support him. Uh, there's like a petition going around and it has like tens of thousands of signatures. I'll, I'll That's link, great. I'll link it in the description. I mean, I don't know how effective. Yeah. Petitions. petitions yeah. I but I mean, just to, if you want to show your support in a way, in some way, I mean, I'll, I'll link it in the description and y'all can sign. Who knows what it'll do, but hopefully yeah. positive change is coming. Yeah. So wrapping things up here. So I just have one final thought about the whole idea of the whole cops issue. And I know we talked about this other times that uh, a, a group of people is not a monolith and we should actually not see the cops, Canadian or U.S., as a monolith. And the perfect example I can think of is, so Chris Guy, everybody knows him. He's this patriotic warrior. He's he's kind of spearheading the whole uh, anti-lockdown movement. And he's now on tour, a coast-to-coast tour. and Yeah, globally recognized. But even him, I mean, on one hand, a couple weeks ago, he had an incident where 40-something cops swarmed his home, even shut down the road, like blockaded the road so they could arrest him at his own private property. And he was distraught. If you, I'm sure you've, a lot of people have seen the video and he was just screaming and calling them all kinds of things. It was hard to watch. It was very hard to watch. Yeah. And then more recently, he was on a live feed commending, making light of the cops and 
because he's been helping these people who are flying back into Toronto avoid the quarantine hotels. avoid the quarantine hotel. So yeah. they will call him up and he will tell them exactly what to say, what their rights are, so they don't have to um, pay stay the in the fees and yeah. stay. Yeah. And as and this woman phoned him and he got off the phone with after teaching her and the cop that was there to question her he he said that was chris guy wasn't it like he knew <laughs> he knew and that was kind of like a uh it was kind of heartwarming it's kind of cheeky it was yeah but uh and he still says he backs the blue so despite his despite troubled incident so yeah. my point is there are good cops there are bad cops they're human beings. They're human beings. They have a job. And every all people are being divided right now. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your job is. Yeah. No, and we... It's divide and conquer and... We can't lose our humanity. We can't. So we can hope. We can try to support these, these great cops. And thank you all for listening. Or thanks for hanging out. And... We love you. Yeah. <laughs>